What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello to all of my favorite people. Thank you for turning this episode on. I am so glad you're here. And this is going to be one of the coolest, most interesting episodes that I ever put out probably because I am talking with Shannon Cutts, who is an animal intuitive and animal communicator. We had a one-on-one session about a month ago talking all about Layla. I got to ask questions. She, you know, did her animal communicating with Layla. She gave me some answers. We had just a lot of discussion around it, which we dive right into into this episode. So there's no holding back on anything. And I am so super excited to share it with you and share just all about Shannon and her wonderful gifts and services. To give you a little bit more info about Shannon, Shannon's unique path to animal communication has given her the knowledge and skill to gently and compassionately hold space for you and your pet as you build your relationship. Animal communication is about more than just learning to tune in to receive and translate interspecies messages. It is also about connecting with you, the animal's human. Most importantly, animal communication is about supporting you and your pet to feel closer and more connected at every stage of life, including after they have passed into the spirit. And sometimes that gets complicated. Stuff can come up. Could your interspecies family use a pep talk, a mediator, a translator, an objective new voice, a fresh perspective, an unconditionally loving mentor? Shannon Cutts is happy to help. Her pets are Flash Gordon, who is an eight-year-old wire-haired Dutchhound, Petal, who is a three-month-old cockatiel, Multi, who is a nine-year-old redfoot tortoise, and Io, who is a one-and-a-half-year-old three-toed box turtle. This episode came at the perfect time because it is following last week's episode, which is all about practicing intuition and kind of noticing your energy and being more self-aware as a dog owner. And then this episode kind of takes it to a whole new level. And Shannon and I also talk about ways to practice being more intuitive as a dog owner or as a pet owner. I am also on Shannon's podcast this week called Let's Talk to Animals. So if you are interested in hearing another side of my story, another side of the animal communication session that we had with Shannon, then you can head over to Let's Talk Animals and listen to that. I can't believe that it is already the end of June. You may be listening to this and it could already be July, which is wild to me. But I wanted to take this time to remind you that you can set goals any time of the year. You can set intentions, you can set goals, you can reflect, you can revisit all of that jazz any any time of the year, any time of day literally whenever you're feeling like it. But I know the summer brings up a lot of energy and excitement 
and dreams and inspiration and motivation. So it is a really good time to break out that journal, the growing and healing journal, if you have it, um, break out that journal, kind of look at your goals that maybe you set back in January or at another time of the year or create new goals just to kind of, you know, see where you're at with yourself, with your dog. And if you haven't already, it is the perfect time to get your growing and healing journal so that you can set those goals in the goal section. I've also thought about having monthly meetups to go over goals and intentions and just kind of get inspiration and encouragement from one another. So these would just be like free meetings or free like group calls, basically, that we would all hop on a Zoom and we could like share, we could ask for help, encouragement, advice, etc. And if this is something that you think would be interesting to you, if you think you would like it, if you think it would help hold you accountable, then DM me and let me know. And then I can, you know, try to get this set up as soon as possible for people to join. I am not going to keep you from this episode any longer. So without further ado, let's get into this episode with Shannon. everybody and welcome back to another episode. I am smiling from ear to ear today because I have Shannon on with me who I've talked about this a little bit on my Instagram but she did a pet communication reading for me for me and Layla. It was so freaking cool. I had been just kind of dreaming of doing something like this for a few months after I had heard somebody else talk about it. So I was searching, searching, searching. Shannon actually ended up in my inbox wanting to do a podcast episode. And I was like, well, this is just perfect timing. Let me schedule a reading with you and then we'll have you on the podcast. So I am so glad that you're here today, Shannon. Thank you. Well, it's an absolute delight and honor. And of course, uh, so looking forward to inviting you to join us in our community at Let's Talk to Animals podcast too. So one of my yes. very favorite things to do is these podcast swaps because it really helps. It helps connect kindred spirits, you know, and we mm-hmm. need more of that. There's a lot of there's a lot of interacting going on in the online world, but how much of it really feels heart nourishing and authentic and connecting in a way and especially for those of us who feel called and and moved to share more about the intelligence and sensitivity of our interspecies family members uh, what better way to spend an afternoon than in the company of other animal lovers right yeah, yeah. right yeah so thank you for the invite yes podcasting is just so much more intimate And we just get on a way deeper level than you would just going back and forth between Instagram messages or or DMs, whatever you want to do. So super excited to have you on. So if you could just tell us a little bit about you and kind of how you got into this space. You know, it's one of those things, and you and I were chatting right before you press record about These moments when we have an opportunity, maybe we're challenged, maybe there's a big opportunity or um, a a new calling presenting itself and where we we get the chance to look back and see 
kind of the footsteps that led us to where we are today. And it can be kind of a cool moment because we have the chance to say, you know, I'm feeling a little wobbly right now. I am tackling some new big stuff, whether it's a new dog training moment or it's a new career path or a new relationship or whatever it is. But to look back and go, but I, I, it makes sense how I ended up here. And I can mm-hmm. see it now. And I couldn't see it at the time. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the poster child for the, the, the lean, clean resume. I have bopped here and there. I've lived in different places uh, around the world. I've done a lot of traveling. And yet there's always been this inner sense that somehow we're all connected. And there's always been this questing and and wanting to find that part inside me that is connected to all of life. It's not just about wanting to to make all these connections in the outside world, but really wanting to feel where that comes home inside of myself. And so I can look back and, and see how I was always drawn to nature. I was always drawn to animals. I grew up living along a bayou. And we had a lot of little rescue animals. We had hatchling turtles and baby birds falling out of the nest and infant squirrels. And it was always, um, it was just always part of my awareness, these these fragile and and really kind of wonderful and miraculous lives going on around us. And, And I sometimes often actually felt closer to nature and to... non-human animals than I did to my own species. And yet there was this part of me that felt like I couldn't join that cool kids club. Like that was one of those things where you just pop out of the egg or, you know, shoot out of the uterus and you were just born to win, you know, the voice or whatever big reality talent show or top chef or whatever's going on right now. Same thing with animals. You know, I didn't pop out of the womb with my inner species translation app awake and alive and fully functioning, it took me some time and in my case, some decades. So if you're listening right now and you're thinking, gosh, I'm in my 30s or 40s or 50s or wherever and it's too late for me or, well, I didn't get that. It's like, "Mm, that's not how it works. We all get this. But Mm -hmm. for some of us, just because of life circumstance, other interests, relationships, obligations, whatever, it takes us some time to come to it. So just understand that if you're listening right now, it takes the time it takes and any time it takes is always worth it because you'll come into it more open with more awareness of how important this work is not to, I mean, it's not about me, but it's about giving animals the opportunity to use my voice to speak, to be heard, Mm -hmm. to share their truth, to share their inner worlds and their lives with us. And so, you know, I was attuned as a Reiki one and two level student when I was in my, I'm going to say my late twenties, kind of forgot about it until I turned 50 and my best friend passed away and she was a Reiki master. And my dad was starting to enter his final transition and I really wanted to help him and didn't know how. And one day when he walked by me, my hands just kind of picked themselves up and followed him. And I Mm -hmm. thought, I think Marcy, my best friend who passed, 
I think she's transferred her gifts to me because she was a gifted Reiki master. She was, I loved her stories. And so I went and I found a Reiki master to reattune me and take me through the Reiki master training and the teacher training and began, began that journey about the same time that I was meditating one morning. And I've had a meditation practice since I was 19. And I heard the words, you are an animal sensitive and intuitive. And I thought, that is fascinating, but I don't know what it means. And so it really (laughs) felt like, yeah, like what's going on? And, you know, you and I were talking a little bit again before the, before uh, you press record about our coaches and, and, and mentors Mm -hmm. and, and all the wonderful things we can learn from them. And luckily at the time I was working with my intuitive coach, Sonia Choquette, and I had a session scheduled with her and I asked her about it. I said, I've, I, I heard the most interesting thing in my meditation. Yeah. I said, oh, animal communication. That's a wonderful career path for you. Now, mind you, I had been hiring animal communicators for years. Okay. Waiting with so you had you that this was like possible. Like you knew that this was. I knew it was okay. possible. I just didn't think it was possible for me. And what was so interesting is about a year prior to this meditation and my best friend passing and then my father passing. I had I had, had scheduled my normal session with my normal communicator for my interspecies family. We have a, a dog, a bird, and two turtles, a tortoise actually and a box turtle, and kind of our family meeting, our six-month family meeting, just to make sure yeah. everybody's <laughs> on the same page and everything's looking good. And she said to me, you know, you can do this. But I was so, it was so ingrained in me that I couldn't, that Mm-hmm. I just, I, so it's like, I want to just pause here for a minute and say, if you're listening to this and, and you just haven't even considered the, the possibility, I, I'd like you to know that you can do this, whether you want mm-hmm. to, whether you have time to, whether now is the right moment is another issue entirely, but you too have this in your internal operating system. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, yeah. if, and if I, I no one's ever told too. you, yeah, if, uh, same thing with you, Carolyn, if nobody, just, if no one's ever told you that before, let me be the one who has that honor and, and thank you for it. You too can do this and just, we'll just plant that seed and just see what kind of, what kind of interesting green bean grows from it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that yeah. was so sweet. There were like, so many like little tidbits that I picked up on. So one, just that message in general about like, you can do anything like that doesn't just apply to animal communicating that applies to like literally so much, you know what I mean? So I needed that message for something else in my life right now. And it's just like keeps coming to me that this, this kind of message. And I'm just like, okay, I need to do it. I need to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyways, (laughs) the, the other thing yeah. The other thing is, um, so you had mentioned, um, a little bit of Reiki and then a little bit of like, you know, you were in your meditation and you kind of got this download of, uh, you should be an animal communicator. So it's just so fascinating that whenever you're in a meditation practice, if you've, if you've really worked on it, or, you know, you're in a journaling practice, um, any kind of time that you're doing intentional work for yourself, by yourself, these like random things will drop in and it won't make sense at the time, but it will later down the road. 
just so many of those little moments have happened to me and I'm sure you've had like 10 times more. Um, but then the other thing is you just mentioned Reiki. So for those who don't know what Reiki is and they, you know, aren't in this woo-woo world, <laughs> could yeah. you just kind of hit on what Reiki is a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. Reiki is, it actually it's two words. It's R-E-I and then K-I. And it translates, depending on who you ask, into divinely guided spirit or life force energy. And it's interspecies application for reducing anxiety, improving behavioral outcomes, and helping to smooth the path through uh, medical procedures, recovery from illness or injury. It's, it's It's really intelligent, energetic you know, it's not, it's not a being, it's just, it's a, it's an energy form and Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it knows what everyone, you know, it knows what you need. And so when Mm -hmm. you, when, when I, for instance, when I begin a Reiki session, I, I may receive information from the, the human or uh, the human client or the, the human on their animal, on my animal client's behalf. And yet I always pray, please just work at the level of this individual's highest good. So don't let me be telling this divine, benevolent, high vibration, supremely intelligent, energetic life force what to do. May I be a, a pure channel so that you may do what is needed. And what is what is for mm-hmm. that individual's highest and best good? Now, Reiki is a little different than your traditional, you know, higher education or training or certification program. Yes, there is some head knowledge that is involved and and can be important, like learning about the lineage, uh, learning the symbols that are involved in different levels of Reiki training. But it is it's transmitted directly from master to student by a process called attunement. So if you're listening to this and you, you're not really sure what it, what it takes, it's relatively, uh, it's not a time intensive process to, to go from, I know nothing. What is Reiki? What does that mean to Reiki master? It's a series of attunements. However, just like any other skill, whether it's wanting to sing and win some talent show or wanting to learn animal communication, there's a process of what we like to call practice. And, and Mm -hmm. just in, in, when working with energy, it's, it's, in part, the, the practice of learning how to work with others, regardless of species, and it's in part learning to work with your own inner system so that you begin to understand how the energy flows through you. You learn to get out of your own way. You learn to get out of the energy's way and develop kind of a, a process where literally if somebody needs me, I can stop, drop, do my little preparatory ritual that I have that only takes really a handful of seconds now and be available. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a it's a beautiful way if you have and, and I found from the moment from the moment I began animal communication studies, I was also going through the Reiki attunement process at the same time. And so I found them to be very complementary. Animals recognize Reiki right. with no explanation needed. It's a very high benevolent force. It's a great calling card. It's a way to introduce yourself and say, I am friend, especially when you've got a, a skittish or a scared animal or human animal. Mm-hmm. And it's also, um, it's a it's a wonderful way to hold space for any kind of important conversation. And it, it has, because, because there is this intention, this purity of intention to be of, of the highest service, it naturally activates our empathy channel. And the empath, what I'm calling the empathy channel is the, the innate birthright ability for us to try on another's, another's life experience for size, so to speak. And so it's a, it's a great way to activate that channel. There's many different channels through which intuitive information can flow to us when we're, we're speaking on a sensory or intuitive level. This is one channel that can be particularly seamless to activate and it can be particularly impactful, especially when, again, we're talking with animals in these really serious, important conversations, end of life wishes, adding a new animal to the family. Do you want that? Do you want another surgery? Or where are you, know, where are you at in your life process? How are you feeling? These kinds of, um, where empathy is so very vitally important. So for me, I really, I really can't separate the two anymore. I know there are disciplines where, okay, Reiki is this thing and animal communication is that thing. I just, I, I don't, um, I don't feel the need. I, I, I feel like they really do complement each other very, very well in, in many different levels. Yeah. Yeah. Because you even said you did Reiki a little bit during our pet communication or your pet communication session with Layla to help, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, calm some nerves, kind of create like a friendly atmosphere, very open, safe, safe, like was a big, big word. It's been a big word for me this year. It's popped up a lot for me. I remember you talking about, you know, it can help create more, more safety, um, because in order for her to be her fullest expression, tell you anything and everything, she had to feel safe. So I remember that being um, a really big part of our pet communication session. And I've always heard of Reiki kind of just being like this energy healing. And it's like, you know, it helps kind of unblock some of the channels and you know, you, if you've ever heard about your, your chakras, you have like your sacral chakra, your throat chakra, heart chakra, and they all kind of link to different things. Right. Um, and so Reiki can kind of help unblock some of that, which, you know, then kind of creates the, the empathy, the safety to help, like you said, have some of those like difficult conversations or step into like a new level of yourself. Absolutely. And, and, because you know Reiki is is a healing energy, and and yet it's also uh, it's a very nurturing energy. It can enhance enhance wellness. It's kind of like taking your energy vitamins. I start my day with a little session of Reiki every morning for anyone who anyone in our family who wants 
to receive. And that's another key part. It's like you, if, if I'm working with an animal, I'm working with a human animal and they, for whatever reason, are not willing to receive or they're not, they just don't feel like they need that right now. Reiki isn't going to force itself on anyone. It's simply there. There's always some mm-hmm. good that it can do. And so mm-hmm. it's just, it's about the offering. It's here if right. you want it. And, and if you need physical healing, absolutely. If you need emotional healing, absolutely. If you need mental or soul level, the soul contract level, sometimes our relationships, whether they're with other humans or other non-human animals can get kind of thorny. And so sometimes we need relationship healing, but there's also that kind of, you know, the, the, um, preventative, uh, energetic medicine where we're just maintaining, a very high vibration mm-hmm. state and allowing us to show up in our life from the highest and best place. And every day is different. I love what Don Miguel Ruiz says about, about um, the days, changes, and surprises. He says, it's one of the four agreements. He says, always do your best. But then he yeah. says, P.S., your best can change from day to day and moment to moment. Right. So, you know, my best right. yesterday and my best today. Um, so it's something to tuck away, you know, but the Reiki helps us more easily access our highest and best self so that, you know, we mm-hmm. can, we can be, we can feel perfectly placed and hopefully proud of ourselves at the end of even a difficult day and say, well, I, I did my best. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, oh. for sure. So besides Reiki and Well, actually, let's just kind of talk about all of your services. So you have Reiki, you have like the pet communication, that's like the virtual like we did. And then I think you also have letters. Is that correct? I do have um, a a type of animal communication session where we kind of turn the tables a little bit and the human can receive coaching and insight from their animal. However, that typically happens, and it certainly did for you in your session as well, that the animal is going to share coaching and insight. I mean, after all, Layla spends 24-7 with you. There's no one, probably even you, who knows you better. And yeah. that's interesting. It's that's an interesting part of animal communication. You know, most of the time, while ideally it would be lovely to to take this preventative approach, like I was doing in my later years, just every six months or so, having a family meeting and just checking to make sure everybody likes their food and their housing and their temperatures okay and all of that good stuff. In in most cases, we seek out animal communicators or intuitive communicators, interpreters, if you will when something's going on, when there's mm-hmm. a problem, when there's a question, right. when there's a concern. And so, you know, we we end up getting so focused on that, that it can be easy to miss the fact that we chit chat with each other all day, every day, but for this animal and for many, many of my, my, my animal clients, this is the first time they've ever had a chance to to talk, to really talk at Mm -hmm. at any level and be heard. Sometimes they need to vent. Sometimes they have something really pressing and important that they want to share. And so even for those shorter focus sessions, I always leave a period of time right at the beginning. And I certainly did this with Layla, where you just 
tell me, download whatever you want to download. Tell me what's on your mind. Share anything that you want to get off your chest or or anything that you've been dying to tell your human or something that you want or something you don't like or whatever. I mean, anything anything goes. This is an open period of time where you get to share. And then we get into your questions or the human's questions or concerns or... Uh, problems because mm-hmm. what a human animal perceives as a problem often makes total sense to that animal and right. so there's so but but i i i've never ceased to be amazed by how often animals have such profound insight into their humans lives right it was wild yeah it was so wild yeah yeah so you just just, don't expect that you're booking your animal communication sessions you can learn about you so you can work on you and that can be a little daunting yes exactly so I you know we don't didn't really have problems I didn't come to you saying like Layla is sick something's hurting her like I just kind of booked this out of I don't want to say preventative but more out of just pure interest. Um, And so I just was just super interested to get kind of into this space, see what she had to say, see like what would happen basically. But the pet communication sessions, would you say there's like a pretty high percentage of people that come to you that their their pet is sick or injured um, and they want to talk through that? Outside of inappropriate elimination, which comes up a lot, especially with cats, that is the number one reason is either the animal is experiencing a severe illness or an injury is Mm -hmm. nearing their end of life, is actively transitioning or has passed and that human is really struggling. Because that's the other issue with the isolation that we often feel, especially post-COVID where we've we're kind of really reevaluating our lives and our relationships on so many different levels right now. And so these humans, they've literally lost their bestest, 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 closest confident in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And they aren't, they aren't moving through it the way that they, they want and need to, and they need somebody to talk to. I I right. tend to work, you know, I definitely get my share of behavior problems and challenges and things like that, but one of my specialities, well really I have I have two that are really emerging and one is the highly sensitive pet which I think we'll we'll chat about a little bit later, mm-hmm. but the other is really this soul contract level. Let's talk about why you and this particular animal. How did that even happen? Out of mm. kind of and miracle we, we had to take mind. yeah. I mean, I just, you know, if you're listening right now and you're sharing company with anyone of any species, something pretty miraculous had to take place in order for the two of you to meet, let alone recognize one another, let alone make a connection, let alone choose to continue that connection. And that's called a soul contract, at least in the woo-woo world I live in. That (laughs) means that you guys, before you even incarnated, before you even chose your body, slipped into them and started moving around on this odd, wonderful little blue and green planet that we share together, you, you made an agreement to serve one another's highest good. You would play a role for one another. You would 
maybe do things, say things that you just didn't even want to because it would serve that other human or that other animal in some particular way for their soul's evolution and growth. I mean, I, life is wonderful, yes, but I have yet to meet anyone in my five plus decades so far of life who says that their life has been a nonstop party. We come here to learn, we come here to grow. And so recognizing the existence of these soul contracts and starting to unpack what's going on. What is the nature mm -hmm. of my connection? What is the nature of your connection with me? How am I of, to be of service to you? How are you serving me? And that, that can be one of the most interesting aspects of interspecies communication and the most revealing. And so often, it's like if you look down, like I, I shared with you before you hit record that I, I kind of bit off a lot more than I can chew in this epic tortoise habitat project that I've been working on all day. And, you know, at one point I looked down and my toe was bleeding and it's like, oh gosh, how did that happen? You know, but that's just a symptom of something else. So when we're looking at the behavior, we're looking at the peeing on the couch, we're looking at the barking, we're looking at that's the the band-aid level. So when we mm -hmm. head when we head down into the soul contract level, some of that as we begin to activate that, really activate our conscious awareness of that soul contract and really unpack that and really start to see the fullness of what's at play here and the, the nature of our relationship and how important it is to both of us, mm -hmm. some of these kind of more surface level things, the healing automatically begins, you know? And yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Recently, you know, I've been thinking a lot about like, is it late or, you know, I'm kind of thinking a little bit more in the past because I've had these revelations and I'm kind of looking back on it, but I'm always thinking, was it Layla's barking and reacting that was really bothering me? Or was it because she was, it was kind of bringing out this like perfectionistic side of me that I really needed to work on. Mm -hmm. And it was like that healing stuff that I needed to do that I needed to face, you know, about perfectionism, people pleasing, boundary setting, some of those things. But it was just like, and in the moment I was like, oh, it's her reactivity. It's her barking. She's challenging me. She's a bad dog. Like that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, really diving into like the, into the more like, what, what is this actually about? And that's kind of when, you know, we, and we'll go into this a little bit, but you know, we, we talked a little, a little bit about, um, the, the scale of like when my depression is, is up, her anxiety is up when my, like when I kind of, kind of get in the peaceful state, she's more in the peaceful state. So, okay, let's actually talk about my session because I'm really, really excited to get into it. So to let everyone know kind of how it worked is I booked this session with you. I sent you a picture of Layla, a, a recent picture, and then I sent six questions, I believe, to you um, that we would answer or try to answer during the session. So that's basically what it was. Like, that's all the prep that it was, uh -huh. um, which at the time I was like, this is interesting. Like, I thought she might need more. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and then we hopped on our session and you were just like, okay, let's get into this <laughs> because uh -huh. Layla had a lot to say and you had this paper with like, all of these drawings and all the words and I think you called it like a mind map of just like this brain dump of everything that had come 
whenever Layla was, you know, talking to you through you. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was wild. Um, some of it was very affirming and validating, um, you know, especially with like the depression and, and her anxiety and how they both kind of rise at the same time, how they both kind of drop at the same time, how it's kind of a feedback loop. You know, I kind of already known about that, but a lot of what you were saying was just like, yes, that's exactly it. Like you just put the words to my thoughts. So it was very affirming, very validating. And then some of it was like legitimately hilarious like how she refers to herself and then some of it was very insightful so it really like hit all the different you know layers and kind of cool things that had could have came out of it it was it's just a really really cool experience um so I think I'm just gonna kind of go logically or chronologically how we talked about it so the first mm -hmm. thing that I asked was how does Layla see herself like how would she describe herself because I've previously described Layla as pushy um, because she would, you know, sometimes cross boundaries. At the beginning, you know, she was very hesitant with obedience. She didn't really want to listen um, with other dogs, other people, very barking, you know, wanted attention. So I would always describe her as pushy, but yeah, I've tried to go away from that. I've tried to call her determined. Um, I've tried to, you know, not color a brat, <laughs> um, all of those, all of those funny things. So I asked, you know, how would she describe herself? And her answer was princess beauty. And I just, you said that and I cracked up. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah. So she, funny. Yeah. And she, you know, because we, we schedule these intuitive sessions and the, the first thing that happens is, you know, the animals, at least the way that I, I, um, my, my session flow works and, and every communicator is different. So not everybody is going to, to start with an open discussion period. I tend to find that when I start that way, not only is the animal more willing to talk with me, but they also will answer a lot of the questions that their human has long before I go and I read them. And, and for that reason, I actually usually don't even read the questions because they can unconsciously bias my mind against hearing certain things mm. that form part of the animal's truth. So yeah, so I mean, and I think when we when we jumped on the Zoom together, I said we will go through each question that you asked. However, we're not gonna start there. Because okay, so this kind of came out prior to asking the questions, mm -hmm. the, the Princess mm -hmm. Beauty. She was just like, call mm -hmm. me Princess Beauty. She just, I, <laughs> I always, I want to know who am I talking to? You know, I want to, I want to, I, I want this animal to have a chance to introduce themselves to me the way that they see themselves and mm -hmm. free from any particular agenda. You know, if we, we know certain things about someone that we're meeting for the first time, we may miss some of the beauty of who they are and how they want to be perceived and what they're working so hard to share about themselves with us. And so I enjoy that aspect of my work very, very much. Um, you know, and, and there's this other aspect where 
we come into these intuitive sessions, and I know I I've done it myself many times as I would hire animal communicators and you know wait with bated breath for what they had to say about their food and their habitat and their toys and everything else, and kind of forget that even though we've got these soul contracts in place, even though we've got these deep unconditional love bonds working in our favor, bonding us together through some of the tough times, we've still got a 3D animal on our hands. It's going to be an animal and it's going to, you know, want to talk about their food and want to talk about their toys and want to talk about, you know, doggy things. And so, and the other thing that happens is so interesting is that, you know, animals don't care about the order in which we ask questions and things like that, they, they're they just going to send the information through the way that it makes sense to them. And so if I find if I don't keep these, I don't even know what to call these sheets that I create for my clients. One of my friends told me it looks kind of like a mind map. So I guess I'm mm-hmm. calling it that, but I just don't want to miss anything. And so right. I might get an answer to question six in the first five minutes, but I don't know it yet because I haven't mm, even really mm-hmm. reviewed the questions because I'm so I don't want to miss anything. So I just, right. no matter how crazy it may sound, no matter, I think at one point she said, mom's thinking about changing her hair color. And the two of us were yeah. both mystified by that until I asked Layla to send more information. And she showed all of these radiating colors around your head and it was kind of and then you mentioned something about an, an aura photo and you know the way that animals um perceive us and our plans and our world and you know one of my animal communication teachers once shared the story of an animal she talked with a labrador retriever who when asked what his favorite toy was said a yellow bird as human, okay. <laughs> that's my yellow bird that you just heard, by the way, just finishing her dinner and <laughs> announcing her presence. But the, her, uh, the, the lab's human was horrified and told the communicator, I, I don't give my bird, my dog yellow birds to play with. Like, and yeah. it turned out after reflection later on, turned out that the dog was referring to a yellow tennis ball. That was his favorite Mm. toy. It flew in the air over his head. It was small. It was quick. And it was yellow. So to the dog's way of thinking, what else could it be but a yellow bird? Mm. Yeah, their brain is just making connections. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what would would my world look like if I – if I didn't have all these preconceived mental concepts about what's going on, mm-hmm. if nobody had ever told me that a chair is a chair or that a ball is a ball, how might I describe them? And and this is a very interesting exercise if you've ever traveled to a country where you don't speak the language. I'll be going to Ecuador and Galapagos next year, and I've been studying some Spanish, and, and it's not going very well right now. And it's it's very challenging. <laughs> you know, it's, it's to think about if if verbal language isn't available to me, how might I get my message across? How might I even be able to share my life with somebody? Which is why I'm so enthusiastic about encouraging my human clients to study animal communication with me as well, because just like that communicator was encouraging me, because it Mm -hmm. opens up such a different perception 
It's just so much more becomes possible. There's so much Einstein once said, you know, there's only two ways to live life as if nothing's a miracle or as if everything's a miracle. And we access such miracles when we are invited to to step inside another's perception of of daily life you know it it becomes not at all mundane and and really quite miraculous quite wonderful and quite astonishing right oh my yeah I've never heard that quote but I, I really really like that that's beautiful yeah wow Okay, so I guess I didn't realize that, you know, Layla had kind of presented herself as Princess Beauty prior to you even like, you know, kind of diving into the questions with her. But, you know, the very first thing that she did. Yes. And ever since I've been calling her that. Uh (laughs) And she loves Um, it. She loves it. Yes. She, um, yeah, she she loves it. She just like kind of gets this like little twinkle in her eye. I've noticed mm-hmm. if I call her that, so it's cute. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I I wanted to ask that question just because you know I kind of wanted to get out of this more like kind of negative way of thinking of pushy, mm-hmm. right? And I wanted to to think of her as you know what does she describe herself as? And she said Princess Beauty, and then she, I think you had said you know like who who would also be in that standard right and you said like princess die and audrey hepburn and you know it just makes so much sense because they were just like so dignified and um driven and those are also you know characteristics that i would consider layla plus she literally is beautiful i think she's like the prettiest dog out there so very Mm -hmm. deserving of of the princess beauty and then after that she dove into you know she loves her food I I think that was kind of a little bit unexpected for me, for her to just sing all of these praises about her food. (laughs) So she loves her food, loves bananas, which I knew, loves blueberries, loves turkey, which I thought that was interesting. And I've started to get more turkey Mm. to snack on turkey treats. Um, I've I've looked into some turkey uh, food to switch her onto after this last bag of what she's on now. And trying to incorporate that more and we discussed a lot about Chinese medicine and about how turkey is a cool medicine um cool uh cool temperature medicine Yeah. yeah cool protein and so that can really help with some of the inflammation some allergies um the inflammation that she experiences around that or just from general stress because stress can cause inflammation so that was Really, really cool diving into some of that with you. The essential oils that you had mentioned that kind of just popped up out of nowhere. I thought that was so interesting. And then the other piece was this feedback loop or this like kind of balance that I had talked about between my depression goes in one way, her anxiety kind of follows, and I have to be the guide to kind of pull myself back up so that her energy can kind of and her anxiety can kind of, you know, lessen and her energy increase to kind of match that level and how I was like really a guide for that. And that kind of went more into like this soul contract, which I had kind of asked you a question about that because I wanted to know like, was Layla 
here? Like, did she come here to make me have all of these lessons and all of these challenges to overcome so that I could be in a more healing place? Because if you've heard anything about our story in the past and, and our training, like a lot of it at first was very much like, I want to fix this problem. I can't control her. I was having a really hard time with, you know, the perfectionists and the judgment and not being able to control her and all of these things like just really got brought up for me. Um, but at first it was more so I just was reacting. I was anxious. I was angry. I was resentful. And then we started to, to get into the training. I was able to catch my breath and started to have a lot of these realizations of what was actually happening. And I was able to kind of take control over my anxiety and depression and get, you know, to a better place myself and then also work with her, obviously. Now we're, we're at this place where we're at, like just so much like fulfillment yeah. and joy. And it's like been great, you know, but those first year or two was awful. It sucked. It sucked. So I was like, you know, just really like, wondering like what does she know what she's done like does she know how much of an impact she's had on my life kind of thing and that's whenever we got into the soul contract and then the highly sensitive pet and so you had to explain to me what highly sensitive pet meant so can you kind of explain that a little bit more so other people can understand absolutely it's one of my passions and most, I wouldn't say all, but most of us now at least have a passing awareness with the concept of a highly sensitive person. And we can thank Dr. Elaine Aaron for that. You can head over to her website. And I think it's just hsperson.com or possibly.org. And you can take a quiz and you can find out kind of where you fall on the spectrum of the trait of high sensitivity. What is less okay. well understood outside of, of interspecies research circles is that this trait, which means it's inborn, it's, it's, you know, the nature versus nurture argument, we come into it due to genetics, to nature, it can be enhanced or muted based on environmental cues and triggers. So that's more of the nurture side. But this trait occurs in about 20% of human animals, and researchers, researchers have now uncovered the trait in more than 100 other non-human animal species. And so this is something that does occur with regularity in my interspecies clients, um, Probably because I'm a highly sensitive person, so I, I can recognize the trait. It, it transformed my life when I learned about Dr. Aaron's work, and I recognized, as I started to realize that there's a reason why I am the way that I am, other than that I'm just broken. I came out wrong. Mm -hmm. Whoever built the prototype didn't follow the instructions, whatever it was. There's a genetic advantage in certain situations to have this trait. It it wouldn't be there otherwise, and it can result in the being of any species being a little more of a natural observer, tending a little bit more towards the anxious, the anxiety, and the, the natural reservation and the hesitation, wanting to kind of check out your surroundings, wanting to know what to expect. And imagine if they're you know, 80% of your species population of your herd or your tribe or your cohort goes charging off to investigate something new and that something new turns out to be hungry. 
they're gone. The 20% that wanted to hang back and kind of see what happens, they're still around. And so the, you know, the species doesn't die out. So there's, there's always a reason if we dig deep enough. And yet, because just like me, before I understood that there was such a trait as high sensitivity, I just thought I was broken. And because there's, yeah. it's only, it only occurs in about 20% of a given population, we're a little harder to find especially when we're also mm-hmm. introverted and highly sensitive like I am. And so, you know, having five decades of life under my belt, navigating life as a highly sensitive being, it's easy to translate using the empathy channel why some of the the quirks, <laughs> unique uh, behavior traits that and and habits that I see in some animals, they become very easy to explain. And and this shifts how they're human, um, kind of helps them navigate the flow of their daily life. Just something mm-hmm. as simple as is telling your animal what to expect in the flow of their day. And you know, mm-hmm. and just making a point of it because and it's not so much that you have to talk out loud to your animal, especially maybe if your partner or your family isn't open to that. But every time you even think a thought and that generates some words, that generates an emotion and a mental picture. And as Dr. Temple Grandin says, she thinks in pictures and this allows her natural access to understanding the animal's world in a way that most human animals cannot. So too, when we generate thoughts, words, then we generate a picture and a corresponding emotion. And this communicates to the animal what's up next on the daily playlist. So this can be Mm -hmm. extremely calming and centering. And it's a real trust building activity that you can do with your animal every single day. So recognizing the highly sensitive pet, this isn't the same as, you know, working with or talking with an anxious animal. However, right. when you have a trait like high sensitivity where there's increased sensitivity and just react rea- reactability, I don't know if that's a word, to loud sounds, to temperature extremes, mm-hmm. to strong flavors, to and and odors, to um heightened emotions and the unexpected and the unknown, then if if the human is unaware is not able to help that animal moderate and and retreat from mm-hmm. those experiences uh, in a reliable way, then of course we're going to see some some anxiety start again. We're we're dealing with now your right. toes bleeding, you know. So the anxiety, right? <laughs> you know, we've got to trace it back. What's triggering it? I mean, there are so many different things. High sensitivity isn't always at the root. In Layla's case, mm-hmm. it it is a it is a component, and it's really good to know that because now you can, you know, they even make now noise canceling headphones for dogs for events. Oh wow, like I did Fourth of know July, that. yes, and sunglasses. Right, for light that, I mean, and that dogs. makes total sense. Absolutely, right. and I have um I have a special. It's it's called the Avene. It's a little little music box for my cockatiel pedal and it plays music that has been composed on frequencies that avians tend to sing and communicate on so it's naturally soothing and I've been playing that for Mm -hmm. her since she was a little tiny hatchling that came to me and so just recognizing what are some things that I can do 
the, now these kinds of, of um, environment modifying choices that we make on our pet's behalf, they, they will help, they can help in, in situations of anxiety, whether that pet is highly sensitive or not. But for a highly sensitive pet, the, I'd say the payoff is doubled. Mm-hmm. And it gives them mm-hmm. agency over their over their world, you know, it, and and a feeling like somebody gets them. I mean, how good does it right. feel when somebody, especially the person that's closest to us, when they really get us and they demonstrate that with these small acts of love? That feels mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> so yeah. just understanding more, you know, and and often what I find not all not always, but often what I find is that. When I identify a highly sensitive pet that I'm talking with, their human may also be highly sensitive. In in this particular case, this is an example of mirroring, which we talked about during Layla's session. Mm-hmm. But and sometimes that human doesn't know about high sensitivity in human animals either, and so it can be a mm-hmm. real aha moment. Another one of the like like what you were talking about with Layla showing you how the anxiety moderates the depression and the depression moderates the anxiety and we trying to we're getting closer you know if you're looking at your traditional sine wave or sound wave rather with the up right. and the down we're trying to get closer to that that middle way you know of the stasis right. and the the calm and the um, the centeredness and maybe it felt really extreme during the first couple of years and you've worked, you both worked so hard. And so with such determination, with such um, discipline and such, um, such dedication. And now we're seeing those peaks and valleys are starting to even out and you're getting the payoff of that. And it's, and, and it's a lifelong, I mean, you'll be learning about one another for the rest of your life for forever you know? yes i think my 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 yes, soul bird exactly. pearl was i think he was 15 before i discovered that his favorite color was green you know so it's like we, we always <laughs> have these little wonderful moments like uh, animal communication is a way that your animal can share more about who they are with you and also share more about who you are with you yes <laughs> yes yeah mm-hmm the the thing about the highly sensitive pet and the tip about you know speaking what what's happening today or what's going to happen um you know i am a very verbal processor so i have been saying to layla okay i'm going to go pick up your cousin sunny who is the the mm-hmm. dog i'm uh dog sitting for mm-hmm. i'm going to go pick up your cousin sunny he's going to come here he's going to stay in the kitchen and you're going to be on this side and like, you know, kind of talk through what's going to happen. And, you know, your dad is leaving, your dad's going to be back in, in four days and just going to be you and me. We're going to have girl time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of verbally speaking it out loud because I'm a very verbal person. But what I've have found is, you know, it makes me actually like slow down and process and think a little bit, which just in that can help me and my anxiety calmed down so much, which, you know, kind of help helps Layla. It reflects to her that, like, calm, you know, this is what's going to happen. We're prepared. We're safe. We're good. Okay. And that really mirrors it to her, models it for her. And, like, I can tell that, it, you know, and maybe it's just in my mind. I don't know. But I feel like it has actually made a big difference just to kind of talk, like, what's going to happen. And it's just, like, a little connection moment between us where – 
I'm looking at her, she's looking at me, and it's like, okay, we're good. This is what's going to happen, and it's we're all going to be good. So I think, you know, it's made a, a big difference. And even before our walk sometimes, like, you know, you've you've talked a lot, or during our session, we talked a lot about having that picture of the yes. feeling that we want or how we want it to look. So, you know, I've caught myself on walks. I'll be like, we're okay. We're safe. Like that's a common word that keeps coming up. We're safe. We're good. I imagine us walking, having a good walk, walking past dogs, her looking at me and that's what happens. And I'm just like, Isn't it remarkable? Yes, like this is, it's just yeah, wonderful. like this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like this is awesome. This is great. So, um, you know, and it, ever since, you know, it helps me monitor my own thoughts and, and that can be, just extremely helpful, especially if you have had a habit of catastrophizing, um, which I have had before, or I, I do have, I guess I have a bad habit. So monitoring my thoughts has, has really helped with that piece. Um, but then, you know, some of the other questions I asked were, and I, I have the mind map pulled up now so I can really look at it, was, do you want another dog in the house? Like, do you want a sibling? And she said, no. <laughs> She said, absolutely not. <laughs> I remember you were just like, heck no. Yeah. Yeah. I think, she, I think Layla worded it even a little more strongly than that. She was just, <laughs> she, you know, and, and it, and, and I, I would, I would suspect because this happens with so many of my human clients and I, I think I remember us chatting just a little bit about this, but there was something in you that kind of knew. Mm-hmm. what she was I was like say. oh I kind of figured but like I just wanted yeah to know. we just want to ask but it's and so much of animal communication so much of these sessions really is about validating you again the animal is you know doing you this amazing service and willing to live in our human world where really very few of us relatively speaking speak their language and the really the the resources they have are rather limited they can act out they can i call it playing charades with their with mm -hmm. their human to try to get their messages across but so often and again this may just be me i don't know how it works with every other communicator out there but i tend to attract highly intuitive pet parents whether they're highly sensitive mm -hmm. or not and they are seeking that validation you know, to right. know at a level, because the mind can be this pesky little, um, how do you say, uh, the voice of doubt or the voice of quote unquote right. reason. And the mind has a very valuable role to play in, in learning animal communication, but can be a really pesky little problem for intuitive yes. pet parents who just don't have the skill set, the practice yet to settle into what they intuitively know and feel, really feel and sense to be true. And so, you know, if I've, you know, if I've entered your, your relationship at a point where you are starting to kind of develop your own intuitive gifts and your, your pathways, and you are starting to become a little bit more aware than that, that is a service I can provide for folks that are Right at the beginning of that journey, often having an animal communication session is just one 
wow moment after another. It's like, how did she know that? How did I can't believe he said that? Right. And and yet for most of my most of my human clients, and we'll get those regardless. But for most of my human clients, I, I so often, I can't count the number of times that I've heard, I knew she was going to say that, or I knew he was going to yeah. you know, ask for that. It's like, oh, really? And that always intrigues me so much. I was like, oh, really? You knew? What part of you <laughs> knew? And let's talk a little bit more about that because there's already interspecies communication going on all the time. And it's just... Because nothing in our our education, even our workplace training, even our our counseling and our relationship training, really, it doesn't point us in those directions. It doesn't raise our awareness of how very, mm-hmm. very co- tuned in and connected we are. If you want to see it in action, watch one of those, you know, National Geographic or Discovery Channel shows where the, you know, you, they show this be- big, beautiful watering hole and the lions are on one side and the delicious pronghorn are on the other. And you think to yourself, how do they know it's okay to come and drink? And then all right. of a sudden you'll see the pronghorn kind of sniffing and, you know, quivering and looking at each other and suddenly somewhere a tiny dinner bell rang and they all pick up and run. And it's like, that's what's going on. It's all at the sensory and intuitive level. And so we can see it so Mm -hmm. easily in when we were watching these, these incredible nature shows, just start applying some of that to your own daily life with your animal and see how much more attuned you, you become there's something fun to try if you're still listening and yes. you're thinking, how can I kind of check some of this out for myself? Give this a yes. give this a run and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, and that that really leads me up to kind of one of the final things that I wanted to ask you. Mm. Which before I get into that, though, I do just want to mention that if you're feeling skeptical about this about the reading. There was something that I have not told anybody that, um, and I'm not going to like share exactly what it is, but there was something that I have not shared publicly, haven't told like a ton of people, and it was brought up so clearly during this that I was like, there is no way that Shannon would just randomly know this. And, you know, it's not like she could go on my Instagram and find this. and I was like, this, this is wild. This is so yeah. crazy. Like for it to come through so clearly like that, I was like, this is the real deal. I, I just yeah. was amazed by that. Um, and it was honestly very, like what it was, it was so meaningful too, to hear mm-hmm. it come from Layla, right? Because yeah. I knew that it was making an impact on her life. And then like it came through and then I was like, oh yeah, man. Oh man. And then, you know, it like a shift really happened to me, um, from that moment. And so, yeah, it was, that was just a wild, wild thing to come up, but I'm so glad that it did because we've made moves to, you know, do something about it ever since. So that's been really, really great. And honestly, if you want to know, you can message me. 
I may tell you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's a little uh, carrot there, a little carrot. Yes, yes. So really, really wild. But our, our session was just so beautiful. It was, like, perfectly timed. Um, but you did mention just, like, how to become more intuitive and being intuitive with your pet and even just, like, the trying aspect of it any effort that you're putting into it can really help your bond with them. Um, what are some tips that you would have, you know, just kind of quick tips for somebody that wants to be a little bit more intuitive, um, you know, with themselves, with another yeah. person, with their pet? Cause I feel like this could really apply to any living species. The first thing I would say is tend to your breath and your hydration. I often tell my students that, Hydrated cells are happy cells, and oxygenated cells are intuitive cells. Uh, we can't, at the baseline physical chemical level, if we don't have enough water and enough oxygen in our system, our little neural connections are going to struggle to get messages through. And so if you want to boost mm-hmm. your ability to tune in to your in, internal intuitive operating system, then you've got to make sure that your cells have what they need to help you out and to support you. The next thing I would say is the next time an opportunity or a a choice presents itself or a challenge, instead of going right up to your head and, and you know you're in your head when you start using should language or um, I have to, or you start asking other people for for their their opinions. I, I have very rarely met anyone who was asked for their opinion, myself included, who didn't manage to produce an opinion. So mm-hmm. before we we go there, I just encourage you to just speak out very out loud, very spontaneously the answer or what you want to do. And then notice where your hands go. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not maybe normal or notice, notice what part of you is answering. A lot of times, because I tend to talk with my hands, I use my hands a lot. I, I use my hands with Reiki all the time. I'll notice that, you know, there's a real, my hands very, never really, unless I have a headache, they're not up in my head. They're always, they're over right. my belly. They're over my heart. So notice where are you feeling your answer and what, what feeling is coming up. My intuitive teacher, Sonia Choquette, talks about red light vibes, yellow light vibes, and green light vibes. So you can imagine, you know, if this choice is in front of you, it's option A or an option B, and you were at a stoplight, how fast, when the light turned green, how fast would you put your, would you go? How fast, you know, would yeah. you, would you wait till it turned yellow? Would you, you know, would you hang out there a little bit longer? Would you go speeding full stream ahead towards whatever it is? And these are ways that you can start to feel rather than think your way forward one step at a time in your life. And now here's another really fun one. If you happen to have green beans, houseplants, or okay. uh, landscaping in your garden, instead of just putting your houseplants or your, your lawn plants on a watering schedule, start playing with just eyeing each one of them and noticing, like I happen to know that the one right above my parrot's uh, cage, it needs some water right now. Just start noticing which one of your plants needs water and just Mm. even ask them, do you need water? Do you need fertilizer? 
Uh-huh. Do you need more sun? Do you need less? Instead of looking at them and trying to, you know, head head knowledge your way through it, just start. And every anyone can do this. If you've got a little fern on your windowsill, you know, even if you live in concrete city, you can you can start playing with. Or there's a little weed, you know, just you can start playing with. What do you need? And just see what comes to you. Mm-hmm. So those are all really really good right. ways. Um, I've also got a ton of free tools on my website. I actually have a, f- a free five days, really a six day animal communication camp that you can find. Um, if you sign mm-hmm. up, you'll get an email a day for six days and it it walks you through six of the most common ways that information just naturally comes to us. There's also a four part intuitive pet parent series and you can learn a little bit more about what it feels like to parent your pet to care for your pet from an intuitive inner space yeah and I was I was looking at some of those before this to kind of see like what all you have out there because you have a ton of resources and speaking of the plant thing it's so funny because we used to have I don't know maybe like four, five, six plants and this was whenever we first moved into this house which was also just a time of change in my life. It was whenever Layla was really struggling. I was very anxious. There was a ton of stuff going on and I could not keep those plants alive. And what I was going to say is, you know, with all of this, you know, all the tips that you shared, it all kind of comes back to like, you have to take a moment to like breathe and, and feel right. And during that time, I was not giving myself any downtime to feel because I knew I would feel anxious, sad, angry bad, you know? And so I was like, I'm not going to feel that way. I'm going to avoid it. And so like, I did not take any breaks, any moments for myself. And that makes sense why my plants died. (laughs) They were absorbing all um, of that negative energy for you. Yep. Yep. Right, right. So I should, uh, I should go back and try to have some plants now that I'm a little bit more intuitive and relaxed and kind of take a beat sometimes to evaluate everything going on, slowing mm-hmm. down my life a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's a wonderful, yeah. maybe just start with yeah. one and just, this is, this is, right. I, you know, I always tell my parrot who loves, loves to chew on anything green. I say, those, those are family members, not snacks. We, the more we think about <laughs> our, our plants as a family member, as a living, sentient, conscious family member, the easier it becomes to care for them because we acknowledge mm-hmm. what we're feeling from them, you know, and right. we, we, we recognize that they can, they can help us care for them. Just like our, our animals can help, they can help us care for them. When we start to wake mm-hmm. up these intuitive pathways, you know, in animal communication, interspecies communication, it's it's another app in our operating system. It's just most of us have never had the time or even the awareness to go hunt it down and unzip right. it and download it and install it and take it for a test drive. And so it's it's not that you have to stop and drop everything and sign up for a course. Although if you're interested, I, I highly recommend it. I've certainly have loved all the trainings I've taken and I, I love to teach, but you can start exactly where you are with exactly what you're doing. And remember, mm-hmm. you already have a lot of tools. You already know, for instance, how to have a conversation. You already know mm-hmm. that there, there are 
essentially two ways that human animals communicate, and they, they both apply to non-human animals as well, verbal and nonverbal. We don't get much training in nonverbal. Right. That's the side where animal communication really shines. But you can just start mm-hmm. bringing that awareness into any conversation with any one of any species that you have and start to notice all of the information, not just the heady stuff, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yes. And that's, that's a really good way, I think, to wrap up this podcast. We've covered so many things. I appreciate you coming on so much, Shannon. Is there anything else that you want to add before we say where we can find you? Oh, well, um, that was what I was going to add, but you know, there's another really fun tool. Perfect. On, <laughs> right? There's okay. another really fun tool on my website. It's called Why You Pick Me. And I'm just going to go out on a limb here and assume that if you're listening to dog mom mentality, that you're probably team canine. But I, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to assume anything. I, right now I'm always developing the tool and I think next up on the list are going to be uh, bunnies and piggies because those are the ones that have been requested. But right now I've got dogs, cats, birds, or avians, reptiles, and equines. And I had a chat with each species and asked, when a human loves you the most, and it's okay to have all five or your favorite, by the way, just start with your first favorite. But when a human feels so drawn to you over and over, I, I want another dog, another dog, or I want to add another dog or a cat or a bird or whatever it is, there's some kind of species level soul contract. There's a, there's a personality, there's an awareness, there's a temperament, there's a deep spirit kind of an animal totem level of learning that we can, we can tap into. And, you know, why, why, why are humans so drawn to you and each species answered? So you can learn a little bit more about, Mm. you know, what is your favorite or your first favorite uh, companion Mm -hmm. animal choice have to teach you about you? what you're seeking and what they have right. to offer you. So that's a really fun tool. If you want to if you want to find those easily, you can just head over to Animal Love Languages backslash uh, learn with me. And you can find okay. click on free tools and you can you can find all that. You can find the Let's Talk to Animals podcast where you can hear from amazing animal intuitives all over the world as well as holistic practitioners and very soon Miss Caroline. <laughs> so looking forward to yes. that as well. And of course, you can learn more about upcoming workshops and all all that good stuff. And I've also got my book, Love and Feathers, What a Palm-Sized Parrot Has Taught Me About Life, Love, and Healthy Self-Esteem. I share a lot more about my battle, my own battle with anxiety and depression and eating disorders and body image and all that good stuff or not so good stuff in my memoir of my life with my soul bird, Pearl. So it really explores, it was pre-animal communication days, but really paves a path oh, towards, okay. yeah, towards understanding how do you know your, your animals, your soul, your soul animal. And so some of the many, many ways that our animals serve us and how, how, how would your life be different if your particular soul animal mm-hmm. wasn't in it? You know, just really kind of working backwards and going, oh, right. Goodness. Like, oh, wow. 
one of the thing, and I'll just leave you with this. One of the things that Pearl always did, and and my my bird pedal does as well. He wakes up every morning and he will run to a mirror and look at himself. And the first thing I would hear would be. <laughs> And, you know, really, after a while, after years and years and years of this behavior, I'm just delighted. Oh, thank goodness. There I am again. I love myself so much and I'm so pretty. Look at me. I'm so pretty. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, how would my life change if I greeted myself that way every single morning? Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 So these are the kinds of stories that I share in the book and a really lovely precursor and just a way for you to fall in love with your pet even more to really reframe, you know, these Mm. different stories from the perspective of your own relationship with your animal and all the wonderful things that they, that you have benefited from, um, through knowing them, through keeping company with them. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I'll have all of these links to your website, your podcast, um, freebies, your book, all of that will be in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. There are a ton of freebies. I was looking up them earlier today to make sure I covered all of my bases and what I needed to have links to. So all of that will be there. And you can find Shannon on Instagram and I'll let you say your handle. It's love and feathers and shells. So you can meet my interspecies family and learn about new offerings and hear more about what's going on with my interspecies communication conversations. Lots, lots to see and and share in there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for everyone who listened to this episode. I so appreciate it. And I hope that you were able to book a pet communication session with Shannon here soon. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.